What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From decorated Marine combat veteran to actor... Singer, philanthropist, and New York State police officer. It could be said, being of service is todo for J.W. Cortez, a.k.a. Detective Carlos Alvarez on Fox's prime series Gotham, of course. But this is someone whose real-life stories are far better and worthy of many Hollywood movies and genres. This is Hola, My Name Is, with J.W. Cortez. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. My name is. My name is. My name is. Hola, my name is J.W. Cortez. Welcome, brother. Good to see you. Thank you, man. It's been a, it's been a couple of years, I think, right, since we've last seen each other. It's been too long. Too long. Hey, so your life, your life story is like a Forrest Gump movie. Uh, in that you're part of several chapters, historical chapters of the history of our great country in the United States, looking and that you've partaked in a bunch of different uh, historical moments, right? Uh, looking back, what what are you surprised? Are you surprised that you survived and that you've thrived in so many different areas? Um, am I surprised that I've survived? I think, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you look back at, at those different times in my life I mean it started at a very young age when I kind of knew that things were um, things were a bit dangerous I mean I grew up on a block you know nicknamed little Vietnam if that doesn't kind of set the the tone for what my childhood was like it, it was it was pretty violent so a lot of different things so I think from early from an early age I knew that it was a, a survival of the fittest kind of environment for me and of course I didn't help myself because of all the branches that I could have joined at 18 it was the Marine Corps which eventually then led me overseas for a number of years so I think yeah to your point uh, having that strong family structure but also having a strong belief you know in in a higher power and, and definitely using that in in those different moments has has kept me alive I guess yeah and, and everything you've done in your careers because you have multiple careers and we'll get into them right and everything you've that you've done throughout your lifetime what are you most most proud of what uh, has your what's your biggest success to date aside from my children uh, I guess in a career aspect of things I think you know anytime that anyone has either reached out to me on social media or has stopped me on the street 
or has sent me uh, an anonymous email and says, hey, because of what you said or because of what you did or because you look like me or because you come from the same humble beginnings that, I, that I'm currently coming from myself, I have attempted to pursue my own dreams or I've accomplished X, Y, and Z. Those moments, as far and few as they may be sometimes, are gold. And that's what I live for. And it's happened. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've gotten, you know, quote unquote fan mail from someone in another country and, and the English isn't so perfect, but the message is like, dude, you look like me. And because of you, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. It's, it's probably the greatest selfish satisfaction that I can ever get. And I love that. And, and for Latinos, right, when they see... You think they're connecting more with with the look and like with your character when they see you on on Gotham, for example, when they see it's es un Álvarez, coño, ese no solamente luce como yo, pero tiene el mismo apellido que yo y habla como hablo yo. It's a combination of all that. I think it's all those things. You know, uh, I had a friend of mine ask me once, he said, aren't you tired, man? You're always playing like a cop, right? And I say, well, there was a time when we were in the back of the police car. Now we're driving it. So I think there there are so many instances where we are so longing to see ourselves more accurately portrayed because, you know, what I know is that if it lives out here in the world, then it can easily live up there on that screen, right? And so how many of us wear those uniforms? Thousands of us, right? And how many of us have made the ultimate sacrifice? Who then we now turn around and say, well, those are heroes. Mm -hmm. So those are the same heroes and the same people who should be living on those screens. So I think it's a combination of that longing plus as you said, the, the similarity, you know, with the, with the dark, you know, with the, with, the, with the beautifully tanned skin, you know, and all, <laughs> all those things. All those things. Yeah. Um, any mistakes in your career or in your life that you, or if you could rewind and, and change something, would you rewind and, and change something in that? You know, I think um, early on, I didn't know any actors. You know, I came back from the war in Iraq and I just knew thank you for your heart, service by the way you're welcome sir I came back and I just knew that I here's what I knew I knew I would no longer allow myself to get in the way of my own dreams right how so you know I think we're taught either as a culture or as a society to be nice to people be nice to strangers you don't know who they are you don't know what they're going through be respectful open the doors for the ladies and say thank you and we're so quick to be nice to people which isn't a bad thing but the one person that we're never so nice to is here it's, it's within us and i don't know why that is or where we learn that from but i wasn't nice to myself for a long time and i often talked myself out of my own dreams even before i would even attempt them and i you felt you weren't good enough capable didn't have the you you didn't have the, the tools to be able to, to to gain those or the help to get there. I think it's a combination of all those things, right? I mean, again, we look for clues. I, I always tell my children, success leaves clues. We don't always have to reinvent the wheel, and so we look for those clues. And and sometimes, if you're looking for a career in the arts, you look for others who look like you, who sound like you, and you go, okay, there's some semblance there, and I think I can do the same thing too. So for me, growing up, I remember Jim. Smiths, Isa Morales, and actors like that. I'm like, coño, man, that's that's it right there. You know, maybe a little bit of more Denzel Washington, but I think I can do that, right? And so I think, you know, not seeing enough of that definitely played a role in that. You know, so being up underrepresented and not seeing people again that look and sound like you on the big screen, wanting to, 
see the, your, yourself reflected, you yourself stepped into that lane. Stepped into that lane. And I think uh, here's, here's what else I came to to understand for myself. There is no conspiracy against J.W. Cortez. There is no faction or secret government agency that is plotting against J.W. Cortez. Did you ever think that? <laughs> Did you ever think that there was something uh, that was working I, against you? Maybe. I don't know, right? Because there's a lot of people that want to be, they're, they, they claim to be victims, right? Or they play the victim role. Yes. Yes, they play the victim role. And there is none of that, right? The one person that can uh, that can that can fuel this thing and can and totally burn it out is right. me, right? right? So it, it it begins and ends with me. And that's why I see like the Tyler, your story, the same thing with like the Tyler Perrys of the world, right? And the Lin Manuel Mirandas of the world. Instead of complaining and saying we're underrepresented, no, do something to change that narrative. Do something to actually move the needle and to change history. You know, yesterday I was on Instagram Live with my friend Cristela Alonso. And Cristela has such a beautiful story, but there's a lot of heartache in her story. You know, she was homeless at one point. Uh, she was squatting in diners with her mom and her, her siblings. But ultimately, she got fed up, right? Because she wanted to be on Broadway. There really were no, no roles for a girl who looked like her, this brown Mexican girl, right, from, from Texas. And so she took matters into her own hands. And unbeknownst to her, she became the first ever Latina with her own ABC sitcom show. But what she says is, had I been an actor auditioning for the same show, I probably would not have been casted in it. And that is so telling. So... She took matters into her own hands. She created her own vehicle. And because it was hers, because she owned it, because she penned it, she was able to act in it. And I think that, that right there is, is what it's about. Have, did you always, what did you want to do when you were a little kid? I did want to act and sing. Okay. Truth so be you told. kind of that, you had that acting kind of bug in you. Mm -hmm. And then you went on to join the military you go on, you become a combat veteran, you come back, um, you become a, a police officer, and then at what point did your, did your careers cross paths and you end up acting? So 2003, I come home from, from the invasion of, of, of Iraq, and uh, I loved being a Marine. I loved it. As a matter of fact, when I was in the Marine Corps and, you know, you would PT Mondays, Wednesdays and Friday mornings, they'd always call me out to sing cadences because I would add a little soulfulness to them, can, right? Can you share some of it with us? Um, <laughs> go ahead. You can sound off. Right. There's no one here. You can be as loud right. as... Oh, as a, go ahead. I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll sing yeah. with you. Go ahead. Low rider, Leo. Low rider, Leo. Lefty rider, Leo. Lefty rider, Leo. Low rider, Leo. Low rider, Leo. Lefty rider, Leo. You're making me want to march now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I would always get you know get my kicks off that way. But um, anyway, so come back and uh, you know I often tell the story. It's I had an epiphany moment where I, I swear on everything that I love. I really did think that the end of my life as I knew it was was definitely going to end. Like there was no. This was just like. Well, we, we, we were being attacked, right? We were being attacked and uh, without getting into all the, the ugliness of that, you know, you just have a moment where you're like, okay, I'm 28 years old. This is not how I thought it was going to end. And you will have moments of absolute fear, I'm sure, and, and sadness and regret. Um, and for me, the level of regret almost ousted. It outweighed the, the fear because I felt like, I had blown it. 
I had a chance at life. I, I had every tool available to pursue my dreams, and I did nothing about it. I allowed myself to talk myself out of it. So when I came back, I, it was burning in, inside of me. And uh, I just, I made a lot of mistakes at the beginning. I would show up to auditions, and here's a true story that most people don't know. <laughs> My first audition here in New York City, um, I found on a, the back of a, of a newspaper called Backstage. And so I circulate, and I'm like, I got that. I can do that. No acting experience, because, you know, hello. Anyway, so I show up to this the casting thing, and there's a piece of paper, and I don't know what it is, and I see everybody signing it. So when in Rome, do as the Romans. So I sign my name <laughs> on it, right? <laughs> I have a seat, and no one is talking to each other. So I'm like, oh, this must be that acting thing. These are, these are thespians, right? But I'm just, again, I'm just happy to be there. So here I am. I'm sitting down, and the door opens up, and this nice lady comes out, and she looks at the piece of paper. And she's like, hey, who's next? Uh, <laughs> J.W. Cortez. And I'm like, right here. I get up, and uh, she goes, okay, great. Um, headshot. You had no idea what that was. Oh, uh, I was a Marine. So I knew what a headshot for a Marine means something totally different. (laughs) The acting world and for a Marine. Right. So I'm like, does she want me to demonstrate what a headshot is? Somebody kill somebody here? What are you talking about? Um, And and I wish I knew who she was because she looked at me and she was, her eyes were like, ay, pobrecito, you have no... This guy's no idea where he's standing or what he's doing. And so uh, she she explained that you need a picture, you got to get this and that. And so a lot of bumps and bruises, but that was the beginning of me fumbling my way, banging up against the walls of this this pursuit towards the acting uh, dream that I had had. Did you get the role? No. (laughs) (laughs) So the cockiness didn't help for that audition. No, 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 it did not. What's the role, the first role you ever did get? I, I booked a, a role on a TV show. It was on NBC. Um, I think it was called Believe, or it was one of these shows. It doesn't exist anymore. Was it any um, good? It was okay. It Were was you okay. any good? Um, well, I, I think I was good because I, I, mean, I got the role, but I probably ran like a mile through the streets of New York City when my agent called me like, hey, they want you because I couldn't believe it. Like, they want me. <laughs> and it, it, that, that's when the hook kind of like, you know, sunk in and, and I was addicted. I'm like, oh, this feeling is better than anything in the world, right? And they're going to pay me to make believe? Are you, <laughs> are you, are you kidding me? And uh, that was it, man. That was it. That was it. Hola, my name is. My name is. Hola, my name is. My name is. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. 
The best things in life, they come in twos. Two scoops of ice cream, two tacos. And now for a limited time, get our best deal of the year. Buy any phone when you switch to Consumer Cellular and get two months of service free. That's right, the same fast, reliable nationwide coverage as Big Wireless, now with two months free. Proof the best things in life really do come in twos. Visit ConsumerCellular.com or call 1-888-FREEDOM. Second and third month of monthly base service fee waived for new customers with the purchase of a phone and activation by July 31st, 2024. Taxes, fees, and third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. On Gotham, uh, your character Carlos eh, Alvarez, the police officer, how much of Carlos Alvarez is reflected in J.W. Cortez and, or vice versa? Um, absolutely nothing. Nothing. No, no. It, but it's cool, right? Because I, if, if, if I were to tell you that I love playing anything other than myself, um, that's the absolute truth. If, if you could have me playing someone that is battling with a stage four illness or someone that's addicted, you know, any character with extreme flaws, I dig that. I think anytime you can stretch that muscle, I mean, to the fullest extent possible, now we're getting into the good things, you know, the good parts of, of what acting is and what it can be, right? So Alvarez was great. Um, number one, he's Latino. I'm the first human to play him. He's a comic book right. character. He's which always a comic cool. And you brought him to life. I brought him to life, you That's know. That's very, so, like, prestigious. Oh, Felicidades. Gracias, my gracias, gracias. <laughs> and I kind of look like him, right? Or, you know, actually, yeah, I kind of look like him. So it kind of makes you like a superhero. Uh, no? Yeah. Something yeah, it like could that. Be. It could be. Right. So that that part was excellent and, and that was great. But, you know, Gotham was so far-fetched as far as like, you know, police procedural work. I mean, there were moments when the Penguin or uh, Victor Zaz would show up to the GCPD and he would tell everybody, everybody, get out. And we would leave. And I'm like, you know, part of me of JW, like, oh, you know, like, oh, my God, we would never leave. Right? We would fight, you know. Um, so that that's when you just kind of have to surrender and be like, OK, in the world of Gotham. Right. That is definitely a, a possibility, you know. So were you a fan of like comics or of any superhero movies before getting involved in Gotham? So, yes, I, I am an avid Batman fan. I love Batman. I love all things Batman. And as a kid, I was Who's your uh, favorite Batman. Oh man, that's a tough question. Um, I think um, <laughs> you know Michael Keaton, for whatever it's worth, did a really bang up job. Uh, shout out to Michael Keaton. I'm watching him on a new show on Hulu called Dope Sick. He is phenomenal. He's gonna win all kinds of awards for his acting. But I thought he was he was pretty pretty awesome as Batman. Yeah, and you know people give uh, some of the other guys a hard time, but yeah, who who do you like? <sighs> Michael Keaton, I, I have to agree with you. Just the look on his face. You know, people hated on Ben Affleck as Batman. I think Ben Affleck did a he was okay. good job, you know? He did a good job. Yeah. yeah he was all right. Who's a better Batman? Ke uh, Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck? Michael, if, if I had to rate them, I'd say Michael. No, I shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can play Batman. You got the bill for Batman. I can do it. Can, can we get your, your I am Batman uh, imitation here? Right. I am Batman. I'm not prepared for that, right? <laughs> I am Batman. There you go. Yeah. Convincing. <laughs> um, we share a lot in, in common in that we, from, for, from a line of service, uh, we're, we're, 
both men that started our careers before I got into broadcasting, before you got into acting, uh, uniform, military work. And of course, as, as police officers, as you know, I'm still a reserve, uh, a police officer. And uh, there's a lot of craziness that's going on in the world right now. And there's a lot of, I'd say, blue hate. People that want to point fingers at police officers and blame uh, everything at police officers. Yes, there are uh, bad police officers, like in all professions, and I think that we need to do better to weed those out. Uh, but what? And I know you train a lot of police officers as well. If we can talk a little bit about that, and what do you think about this? Uh, these attacks that we're seeing on our men and women of law enforcement in this country, and these talks of defunding the police. Yeah. How dangerous is all that? It's um. It's incredibly dangerous for a number of reasons. I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer your questions. I think at the way you presented them. So, I am, a, I'm a full time instructor. I teach now, and I absolutely love it. You know, I spent the majority of my time out there in the, with, you know, with the public. So I, I speak from a place of authenticity. I would hope when I share some of the lessons, hard learned lessons that I had to experience encounter. your own personal experience, experience, absolutely, both here and abroad, right, overseas. Um, right now, there's a, a large focus on a couple of different subjects in the world of law enforcement. One of those is de-escalating things, right? Not escalating so that we're forced to do things or intercede when we don't have to necessarily. Um, kind of backing up a little bit whenever we can safely. So that's a big topic. The other one that I am really, really um, passionate about is transparency, accountability. We call this thing procedural justice, where we, we base it all on four principles. And in a nutshell, what it means is if I'm able to communicate with my public in a way that's both respectful and transparent, then they'll have more of that for me. And hopefully together we can work towards, you know, the solutions, right? So you'll come to me, you'll hold me accountable, but you'll also come to me to report the things that probably you're a little bit reluctant to report to me. So that's why I think it's so dangerous is there are true victims out there who are afraid to come and step forward. For whatever reasons, either the people in their community are saying, hey, don't talk to those guys, or uh, they're probably not going to do anything about that. Because they don't care. Because they don't care. That's the perception. We don't care. You know, I, I know off camera, you and I had a really, uh, I, I thought was a really great conversation about the need for more uh, accountability, yes, but also the need for more cooperation on both ends, right? I have to be willing to say we have some issues, We've done things that probably weren't the best way to do things, but we can learn. And the best way for us to learn is to say, hey, what can we do better for you? And I think that that is a conversation that we're seeing more of today. I think in all of our 50 states, everyone understands that after some of the things that we've seen at the hands of law enforcement, we understand that we can't do this without the help of the public. We need the public. As a matter of fact, the police are the public and the public are the police, right? That's the principle right there. So I think we're seeing more of that. And I think the more the public understands that in-house, I'm having those discussions with the cops. I'm teaching them how to be more tran transparent. Um, I think they'll feel better about the changes that are they're asking for. Um, and I would invite them. Come to these training sessions if you can. See, hear for yourself what we're asking our guys to do. Because I will think that the overwhelming majority of them would walk away going, you know, I didn't know that you guys were talking about that stuff. That's not what I see on TV. Wait a minute. What do you mean that the majority of the NYPD is now minority? That's, I didn't know that. Really? What do you mean, JW, that you grew up in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, where... There was never anyone that looked like you in uniform. And now the majority of the cops who do respond to these incidents 
are people who look just like you. Wait a minute, that look like me. That's so important to diversify police departments, and that I think the 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 public trusts more their the the men and women that are policing their streets when they look and talk like them and. Uh, uh, especially if they live within the same communities as well, right? When they see themselves reflected in their own police departments, there's more trust there. I think, you know, from what I'm understanding and from the conversations that we're having is, you know, the world of policing has changed. It had to. You know, social media, for example, I know you and I are both on social media. We both understand the power of influence that it can have on someone, both good and bad. And I think for a long time, law enforcement was so like, it was like kryptonite, like, oh man, we don't do that. And I think now more and more, they're using it to bridge the gap with the public, get the information out there first, get all of the facts out there to the public so that the public can have all the information so that they can then make the right decisions or the right judgments for themselves, but also communicate with the young people. That's how you're going to get to them. And if you want more buy-in, more cooperation, then we have to learn how to speak that language. Sure. And understand for everybody, right? When you're looking at any video on social media, uh, any, any edited video on the news, you're just seeing a fraction of a totality that went down and try not to judge people or a situation if you haven't seen the whole thing. For people that say that uh, uh, the solution to the problems that we have in, the, in, in this country with the police is to defund the police how dangerous is is that statement and does that concern you it it does concern me um a great deal a great deal i think there are some people who uh, don't fully understand what they're asking for and and there are others who know exactly what they're asking for but for those who aren't really sure i think on in the early onset of what what had happened between eric garner mike brown and george floyd i think people were just fed up and they wanted to express themselves in a way that got our attention and be like look we're tired of seeing that and either you do something or we're gonna do something and so defunding i thought was was part of that dialogue for some of these folks right for some of them and i understand it's like i, I get it i agree with you because no one hates bad cops more than good cops that's the truth you put me in danger and that also means that my sons and my wife mean that also means that it's, it's a danger for them as well. Right. Cause if I don't come home, that's a big problem for my home. Right. Anyway. So I think, I think the defunding of the police is, it concerns me because a lot of the people who require the police to be there every day to, to be a part of their community, the lack of police when they turn left and right during these moments that we're seeing now throughout our our, our country where people are ransacking stores, mom and pop shops, when they're committing these heinous crimes here in New York City, you know, they're looking left and right. And I think those people who live in those communities where the crime is so bad, where they are underserved, they're not the ones calling for defunding. I think they're the ones like, no, we want more of you guys. We just want you yeah. to be transparent and be professional. Sure. But we want to see you here. Which is what you should expect from uh, any public servant, right? I expect it from my doctor. I expect sure. it from the guy that my, my favorite Chick-fil-A uh, person. Like, right. you know, just treat me right, man. Sure. That's what you I know? think all we all deserve and what all humans want is to be uh, tr uh, treated well. Hola, my name is. My name is. Hola, my name is. My name is. 
Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. Now in this season's must-have shades and patterns. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. Let's talk about two people that were not treated well, two good cops that paid the ultimate sacrifice with their lives back in 2014, Detective Rafael Ramos and uh, Wenjing Lu. Um, for those that don't remember the names or don't know the names, walk us through what happened a couple days before Christmas 2014. Mm-hmm. So Rafael Ramos from Sunset Park, Brooklyn, um, married uh, for a long time. Uh, he had two sons, Jaden and Justin. Uh, Wenjian Lu, also known as Joe, uh, was a newlywed, been on the, the force a couple of more years than, than Rafael Ramos. And they were working together on a detail, and it was December 20th, actually, 2014. This day um, was a day that should have been filled with excitement for the coming season. As a matter of fact, I know, and I've heard this story in, from directly from Maritza, Raphael's widow, um, so I have the permission to, to share the story, but they had a little bit of a tiff on the phone because she was concerned that it was December 20th and they hadn't yet finished their, their Christmas shopping. So as a good husband, he was like, babe, I'm going to get off in a few moments. No te preocupes que ya vamos a terminar lo que, tiene que tenemos que hacer. And so he hangs up the phone and they were having lunch in their car because sometimes you only have about 30 minutes or so to have your meal before you got to go to the next thing. And so they're there. They're parked on the side of a street in uh, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. And what they don't know is that an individual who was in Baltimore had just shot his girlfriend, uh, stolen her cell phone, basically thought that he had left her for dead. 
and he jumped on a bus um, on his way from Baltimore to New York City, and he was on social media, and he had posted some pretty horrific things for every one of ours. We're gonna take two of theirs. We're gonna I'm gonna put pigs in a blanket. And so when he got off the bus, it, it uh, took him to Port Authority, which is in New York City, is a huge bus terminal. And so the bus uh, arrives, he gets off, he jumps on the New York City subway system. And as he's traversing the New York City subway system, he's on his way to Brooklyn. And he happens to pass by somebody and says, you might want to check me out on social media. I'm about to show you something that you won't believe what you're about to see. Something to that effect. And people looked at him like he was crazy, because he was. He was an insane, evil, evil person. And so as he's walking through the streets of Brooklyn, he spots uh, his victims. Just two guys sitting in their car. Um, and he goes up to the window, and in cold blood, he, he literally assassinates them on the spot. And I believe he fires four rounds, two into each of the two guys, and they're, they're left there um fighting for their lives and this this piece of garbage decides to to run uh, when he spots some cops coming in his direction and he runs back to the subway system gets uh to the far end of the subway platform where he takes his own life um at the same time simultaneously if we go jump back to rafael ramos and wenji and lou you know the scene is is extremely chaotic and uh Everything was done to try to keep those guys alive, and sadly, um, they both um, they both passed on December twenty, two thousand fourteen. Extremely tragic, um, horrific. Sounds like a, a plot for a of a fucking horror movie, but it's 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 taking place, uh, you know, on our on our watch during our during our time. Very sad. From there is now the Detective Rafael Ramos Foundation, and you're very tied into that. Um, I don't got to ask you why, but explain to us how you got involved and what the Rafael uh, Ramos Foundation does. Yeah. Um, a couple of years after that, um, I was approached by the uh, awesome Hispanic Heritage Foundation, and they said, listen, for all of your accolades and acting and your your service and all the things you do philanthropically uh, we want to give you the NFL Hispanic Leadership Award but we also want you to know that we're going to make a cash donation on your behalf to whatever not-for-profit you want and I said I know it Detective Rafael Ramos Foundation and they're like okay just contact them let them know that we're going to do this and I'm like um, alright I hung up the phone I'm like I don't know anyone over there so i sent them an anonymous email i said hey this is who i am this is what's happening if you can just give me a call within an hour i was on the phone with the vice president at the time and i spoke to the widow maritza ramos and i said this is what it is can you please come to my house so we could meet we did we cried at my kitchen table uh, we hugged and i said from this point forward you're stuck with me we went to the 50 yard line at the uh, metlife stadium the jets came out presented us with this huge check and this award and that's where that that bond was was born and fast forward today after many years of serving with this foundation i'm now its president and what we do is we go back literally literally Enrique, a few blocks away from when they were assassinated there happen to be two elementary schools nearby and we have gone back to those schools and other schools to send a message back to this community that although this incredibly sad and horrific thing happened here, we're going to come back with a message of love, of accountability, of representation. 
So what we do is throughout the year, we have these events. We go back to these most underserved parts of New York City, places where most people wouldn't want to be caught dead in, right? For obvious reasons. So we go back there, we load up trucks with toys, thousands of toys, and we just, you know, we give them out, right? But we do it in a way that's pretty profound. I line up literally as many cops as I can, and I give them toys, and behind them there's a mountain of toys. And I say, for every kid that stands in front of you, I just want you to smile and give them this toy. That's all you have to do. Before long, their eyes are filled with salty water discharge their chins are shaking a little bit their throats get a little bit choked up the kids or the cops the cops <laughs> yeah both you know and it it's become a thing where now the public has come to expect it and the parents go and i'm gonna be you know completely transparent here they'll go look i've got four kids um i really wasn't sure how i was gonna be able to get them toys this year thank you right you remember the impact of seeing a, a police officer uh, in uniform when you were as a kid and looking up to them, right? Sure. What impact is this having on on a kid in the hood being seeing a police officer be super friendly to them and handing them a toy? What I hope is it, it it's the beginning of, of a relationship that'll pay dividends in the future. Maybe there's a connection there where the young kid says, well, the last time I saw a cop, he was giving me a toy. The last time I saw a cop, he wasn't arresting. He was giving me a smile, and his name was John or or Jose or or you know Ricky or whatever. Uh, you know, I I just I want to give them something else to include in their narrative than whatever else they're receiving from someone else, right? I want to I want to have some level of influence on that, you know. But it isn't just that; it's also on the parents. Sure. It's also on the public, on the fringe, looking in. Because as a combat war veteran, as a, 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 a police officer, uh, you've, you've gone through and seen a lot of shit. Uh, we talked earlier when we started talking about, you know, working in, in, in Iraq and thinking you, that might be the end of your life and not coming back to your, to your family. Um, uh, you know, that being the end uh, of you. Uh, I think it's fair to say you've suffered some PTSD, like most uh, servicemen and women and first responders do, but the community and those kids in underprivileged areas, would you say also are suffering from PTSD? Yes. And that is such a great, great point that you bring up, you know, rightfully so. Sometimes the, the lights are focused on our, our first responders and, and our, our veterans community. And, and I get that, you know, um, you get a front row seat, right, to the worst of, of, of inhumanity, you know, um, and that that constant day in and day out. I use a metaphor that sometimes we, we begin these careers with empty backpacks and throughout our careers, we're adding stones, right? And sometimes the stones are big. They're boulder sizing. We throw them in there anyway, and we continue going. But at some point, that thing gets way too heavy, and either we break or it breaks us, right? And so I think our community has the same backpack. They're also adding stones. Every time they go to their social media and they're seeing, like you said, the worst that is out there, you become numb. I know that in law enforcement, you run the risk of becoming desensitized. Why? Because it's a, it's a tool of the trade, right? If I show up to a really horrific scene and you're looking at me and I'm in uniform, you're expecting me to get my job done. Whether or not that kid looks just like my son or not, whether or not 
uh, if I'm a female officer and I had a miscarriage and here I am responding to another baby job, that's going to affect me. But you don't want to see that. And I get that, right? You want me to keep it together. But at some point, that backpack, it's another big boulder there. So I think the same backpack, the community has it, but we don't really necessarily talk about it with the same level of, uh, of empathy. Uh, but we definitely need to be doing that as well. We definitely need to be more empathetic, more sympathetic. Um, hay un dicho en español, they're saying in Spanish, they say, cada mente es un mundo. Every mind is a, is a world, right? So and there's a lot of people right now listening to us or watching us right now that's going through some shit. And it's carrying that backpack, and maybe that backpack is so full of rocks right now, it's just, it's too, it's becoming too difficult to bear. And they're considering, or maybe right now doing, on the way, or just decided to do something stupid. Um, committing a crime, hurting somebody else, or hurting themselves. What would you tell that person right now that has a very heavy backpack? You're not alone. I have been there. I am a phone call. I am a DM away. And you have a nation. You have an army of people who want to hear from you, that want to see you around, that can offer you all of the help you need because you're not in this thing alone. We're here together. And what you're feeling and experiencing is not just an emotion or an idea or something that's going to go away. If I told you I had cancer, you would expect me to go and get help. Well, this is the same thing. It's just on the inside. It's just on the inside. But it does so, so need your help. And so please reach out either to me or someone that you know will listen and let's get you some professional help because it isn't just going to go away. But I'm on the other side of this thing and life is beautiful and I'm so glad that I stuck around. He's JW Cortez on the gram. Make sure you follow him. You got great content down there, up there, always positive, uh, good, good vibes. Uh, I ask you to leave a question here for my next guest without knowing who that guest is going to be. Whatever type of question you want to ask them. <laughs> Man, that's a good one. Okay, that's a good question for a question. All right. Uh, this guy's so smart. Um, okay, let me see. If you could call one person from your past, who would it be and why? He's J.W. Cortez. This is Ona. My name is. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank All you. All the best to you. Many blessings to you and your awesome family. Thank you, brother. Y muchos Happy éxitos holidays. más. Happy Thank holidays. Us. Yeah, you too. Hola, my name is. Hola, my name is. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Baratapapa. En McDonald's Participantes por Tiempo Limitado. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. 